Ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to introduce a new sponsor to the podcast. Hillsdale College has been a longtime sponsor of the broadcast. And for the new year, they've graciously agreed to exclusively sponsor the first hour or segment of the podcast. I believe deeply in the principles and mission of Hillsdale College, which I share with you during the upcoming segment. My thanks and appreciation to Hillsdale College for their long partnership with the show. And now, the podcast. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Look, folks. I thought the president's speech was outstanding. I don't agree with every single policy proposal. In fact, I've never agreed with any president's every single policy proposal. But the speech was outstanding. Which is why the media have gone nuts. Now, I haven't listened to any other talk show today. I've been extremely busy. I don't most of the time. I will not be here Thursday or Friday. And trust me, I'm not going on vacation. But... I watched the State of the Union speech. I didn't waste my time with Stacey Abrams because I don't care about Stacey Abrams. She's not even an elected official right now, is she? So just because the Democrats and the media are uh, promoting her and they put her on, what does that have to do with me? Nothing. But I did watch the president, as most of you did. It was an excellent speech. He moved in and out of history, moved in and out of economics. He moved in and out of the culture. He slammed socialism. He slammed abortion. And I have to be honest with you, I've never seen a president like this have to deal with so many miscreants and malcontents in the audience. They're all dressed in white, these women. I'm saying, what are they dressed in white for? We looked that up yesterday, remember? Uh, For women's, what was it again, Rich? I don't remember. Suffrage and something else. Economic equality, I think. I don't believe in economic equality. I believe in economic individualism. I believe in personal success. What is economic equality? What the hell is that? And these zillionaires who are Democrats, they don't practice, they practice economic equality. Kind of a stupid ass. The whole thing is dumb. Economic equality. You don't want economic equality either. So they're all dressed in white, you know, to make a statement. It's embarrassing. Then they put the camera on Kamala Harris, and uh, she's smirking away. And they put this uh, Nancy Pelosi in the bed. They constant twits and tweets and doesn't know when to sit. She puts, did you notice, by the way, how she controls her clock ass there? Did you notice that, Mr. Producer? They're getting it a little out of hand. She puts her hand up. They stop immediately. Wow. And a Schumer, Schumer just kind of slippery, sliding down in his seat there. And of course, they have to show us Aok. And she's staring at anger and hatred. The 29-year-old who knows how to run the whole world, she's staring. Oh, my God. President's going through the unemployment numbers, which are historic. For blacks, for Latinos, for the handicapped, for women. And they're sitting on their hands. Okay, you saw it. I saw it. 
And I also thought the discussion about World War II, about Normandy, about the about Holocaust, that have those men up there, unbelievable. And then, of course, as everybody else, I'm sure, has said today, because it was said late last night, look at all the jobs they created for women. So all the liberal Democrat women jump up. Now, he wasn't talking about you, you fools. He wasn't talking about you. Uh, but it's always about them. But the media. So you have these polls. 76% of the people polled immediately afterward by CBS said they liked the speech. Over 70, I think it was 72 or 76% by CNN said they liked it or liked it a lot. And I think you can reverse that and say 76% of the media hated it. Probably 90%. Chuck Slob, I mean Todd, you know, he's one of the, uh, one of the biggest mouths out there complaining about it. But there was a time when Barack Melhouse Benito Obama was president of the United States, but luckily those days are over, when they couldn't praise his speeches enough. They couldn't praise it enough over at PBS, CBS, ABC, MSNBC. Like this. Cut one, newsbusters, go. And it reminded me, I mean, this is going to sound ridiculous, like I always think about George Washington, but it reminded me of George Washington's farewell address. This was a speech that... Uh, How could it remind some... you of George Washington's farewell address? It was in writing. He didn't give it verbally. And nothing Obama has ever done, said, written, reminds me of George Washington in any respect. Go ahead. Sort of reminiscent of what Lincoln said in the Gettysburg oh, Address. Oh, Lincoln. It's reminiscent of Lincoln, reminiscent of, uh, of Washington. Unbelievable. Go ahead. Speech was equivalent to Ronald Reagan's uh, Morning oh, Reagan. in America speech. Which was so a- we have Washington, Lincoln, Reagan. And folks, to me, that's the order of the greatest presidents right there. Washington, Lincoln, Reagan. An Obama speech. Go ahead. Positive outlook on the world. And in many ways, you felt this speech tonight was almost downright Reagan-esque. Full of sunny optimism, very Reagan-esque. If presidential leadership... By the way, they hated Reagan. You remember that, most of you, right? Now it's Reagan-esque. He's Reagan-esque because Reagan was such a uh, tremendously successful and popular president. It's Reagan-esque. Obama is like the exact opposite of Reagan. It's called an antonym. When you look up Reagan, you write down antonym, there's Obama. Go ahead. We're only about giving speeches. The jackhammers would already be at work on Mount Rushmore. (laughs) (laughs) Who's that? That's Howard Feynman? No wonder he's been uh, dismissed to MSNBC. Go ahead. In many ways, this is one of the most conservative speeches that a Democratic president has given. Well, then you're supposed to hate it, right? listening to these slobbering buffoons in the media over Obama. Oh, we'll get, to, we'll get to how they react to Trump in a minute. You've heard it probably all day. Although, most of you work, maybe you haven't heard of it. Go ahead. In the middle of, of Bill Clinton's time. You know, I was trying to think about Oy. who he was tonight. And uh, it's interesting. He is post-racial by all appearances. Uh, you know, I forgot he was black tonight for an hour. kind of stupid comments are these? But I've never forgotten, Chris, that you're stupid. Now, Chuck Todd is not just the host of Meet the Depressed. Chuck Todd is the chief 
political reporter for NBC, the mothership. And Chuck Todd, when he was in college, he went out of his way to work for the campaign of a presidential candidate, Tom Harkin, one of the most radical of the bunch. His wife is a big Democrat consultant and activist. So he can't fool us. We've already talked about the Chuck. We've already talked about the Chuck and uh, his view on uh, climate change. Can't have any climate deniers here, says the genius. But here he is. Cut to go. Millions of people are going to watch tonight's State of the Union, which is shaping up to be a night of absurdist theater. Absurd because the White House says the president's address is going to be about bipartisanship, unity, compromise. They say it's going to be a night. Oh, this is a pre this is a pre speech comment. Go ahead. With a T. They really use that word. Absurd because literally, as the White House is telling reporters about how the president is going to rise above partisanship tonight, the president is tweeting about a human wall. Boy, he can hit that high note, can he? Go ahead. Chuck Schumer. And of course, Festivus begins and he airs grievances about the midterms. Absurd because tonight's address. Hey, Chuck, let me let me ask you a question. Why do you pretend to be a journalist? Why? Well, everybody knows you're fully out of the closet. You've fully exposed yourself. Why do you pretend to be a journalist? You're hurting freedom of the press. If you hate somebody so much, you shouldn't be reporting on them. That goes for all these clowns. Just listen. He's tweeting about a human wall. He's tweeting, he's tweeting about putting the military out there to stop illegal aliens from coming into the country. Your children don't go to school with illegal aliens. You don't live on the border. You've chosen a different kind of life in the bubble in Washington, D.C. But all Americans can't live that way. Go ahead. Because of an act of overt partisanship when the president himself decided to engineer a 35-day government shutdown. Now just listen to this propaganda. You sure you don't work for Russian TV, pal? Pravda? Because that's exactly what you sound like. The media today, ladies and gentlemen, do not hold the government to account. They are mouthpieces for the government. Now, what I mean by that is not necessarily people in the government like Trump and other Republicans and so forth. They are mouthpieces for big government. They are mouthpieces for the bureaucracy. They are mouthpieces for government employees. They are mouthpieces for entitlement programs. They are mouthpieces for pretty much what the Democrat agenda is. Really, really a lousy time in terms of the press. And they go through various cycles they have over our history. This is going to be viewed as just one of the lousiest times. Then we have Van Jones, a communist. And I remember some of the conservative senators and others who did their prison reform bill together said, I have Van Jones, and Van Jones and I are actually texting each other. Well, so what? That's bizarre. That's weird. Very weird. And even when the president talked about so-called prison reform, and he wants to spend a trillion and a half dollars on infrastructure, which is the Democrat wet dream, and and then he slipped in this line about family leave, and a friend of mine who is a huge Trump supporter who owns a restaurant, he said, uh, who's paying for that? I said, you are. I can't afford that. So he threw out some very Nixonian types of proposals. Democrat, liberal proposals, three of them. 
Still a great speech. I happen to disagree with those proposals. And then Van Jones comes up with a contrived line, a line that you know they wrote down or he wrote down before he even went on the air. And here he is. Cut three. Go. I saw this as a as a psychotically incoherent speech with cookies and dog poop. See, there you go. That was that was all cleverly constructed in advance. A psychotically incoherent speech. You would know, pal, with your psychotically incoherent ideology. Go ahead. Tries to put together in the same speech these warm, uh, uh, kind things about humanitarianism and caring about children. At the same time, he is demonizing uh, 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 people who are immigrants. How is he demonizing people who are immigrants? He even said and threw in a line there about he wants immigration more than ever before, something to that effect, but it must be legal. How is that demonizing immigrants? While this guy demonizes Caucasians all the time and demonizes conservatives all the time and demonizes Republicans all the time and demonizes all kinds of people because that's what the left does. So now if you want border security and you support more legal immigration than ever before in our history, you're demonizing immigrants. You know what, Van Jones? Let me tell you something. You and your left wing can all go to hell. I'll be right back. I want to thank our sponsor, Hillsdale College, for all they do to try and maintain the greatness of America. You know, most colleges have enough trouble maintaining the greatness on their own campuses, and they have declined, and they have fallen into cultural rot. Not Hillsdale College. It's a special place, and now they reach out to all citizens of the country to spread the word of liberty, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, capitalism, all the great things that make America what she is today. And now that Congress is under new leadership, it already seems to be on a mission to thwart our liberty, doesn't it? Yours and mine. But too many representatives don't know how to preserve liberty, and too many of them don't care. We call them progressives. But I'm not interested in the progressives. I'm interested in you, we the people. It's up to we the people to retain what we have earned and to retain what we have received from our founding fathers. And our founding fathers counted on we the people to hold our government in check. And being able to do that means understanding the proper role of Congress. That's why for a limited time, my good friends at Hillsdale have brought their powerful online course on the history and proper role of Congress back, absolutely free, to equip all of us to know what we should expect of our Congress. Hillsdale is on a mission to restore liberty like the rest of us. And you can take their excellent online course for free for a limited time. Sign up today for this critical course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Learn how Congress used to work and why it doesn't anymore. Learn about liberty, the Declaration, the Constitution. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. You know, Craig Shirley is a buddy of mine. He's also one of the great experts on Ronald Reagan. And he and I agree that that speech Trump gave was the finest speech since Ronald Reagan. Better than any Clinton speech. Better than any of the two Bush speeches. Better than any Obama speech. And look how the media react to it. There were a lot of Reagan-like themes in the speech, particularly at the end, but a lot of Reagan-like themes. 
And Van Jones is just too stupid to be able to follow the flow and the ebb of the speech. It went in and out of the personal, in and out of the historical, in and out of the policies. So it's not just a, a boom, 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 talking point speech. Superb use of, uh, of serious individuals, people, a meaning. In the gallery, it was a great speech. It was an outstanding speech. And again, I, I want to caution the president and his staff. If you think you're going to be able to work with these people by moving to the left on issues like family leave and so forth. It's not going to work. It didn't work for Nixon. It didn't work for Reagan. It didn't work for Bush. And it's not going to work for Trump. They take what they can take, and then they stab you in the back. This is a political war. I hate to tell everybody this. They have no intention of uniting on the left. They have no intention of anything but destruction. Destroying our economic system, destroying our constitutional system, and destroying anyone who stands in the way. The reason they hate Trump is because he stands in the way. The reason they hate Trump is because they're expecting the third term of Obama via Hillary Clinton. He stopped them. So all their political guns, all their propaganda guns, all their media guns are aimed at Trump. And the truth is, most of the people in the media are Democrats. And liberals. That's why they coo over, say, Obama and trash mouth Trump. It didn't matter what Trump said last night. It didn't matter how he said it. It didn't matter how many issues he could raise that, that the left would support. None of it mattered. They already had their script. You heard Chuck Todd. You heard Van Jones. Excuse me. You heard Comrade Jones. Then you get Cory Booker. Cut four, go. Again, this is a president whose rhetoric uh, uh, is often vicious, cruel. Uh, here he talked a lot about World War II. But now let me be- just stop you. You know what, pal? You were vicious and cruel to Brett Kavanaugh. You were also gutless, playing to your base. And I notice you don't come out and talk about Lieutenant Governor Fairfax of Virginia. I'll get to the, uh, to the three of these guys. This is unbelievable. I notice you don't come out, Mr. Booker, and say no due process, no presumption of innocence. The lieutenant governor of Virginia should go. And he doesn't do it for two reasons. One, Democrat. Two, African-American. Look, that's the truth. That's the God's honest truth. Now, maybe he'll do it at some point if it's in his political best interest to do it. But so far, no. Now, the woman accuser has hired the same law firm that Ford hired. And her allegations are much more specific and credible than Ford's ever were. Now, there's no corroboration. So people need to take that into consideration. But anybody who sat on the Senate Judiciary Committee and who's a Democrat don't need to take any of that into consideration. Allegation guilty. Gone. What about Kamala Harris? More on that when I return.
Now, ladies and gentlemen, it appears that the new congressional leadership is on a course to impede our liberty, your liberty and mine and the future liberty of your children and your grandchildren. Many of our representatives simply don't understand or care about the critical imperative to preserve our liberty. And it would seem that some of these so-called progressives actually seek to kill it. And these progressives are quite unlikely to understand or learn these things, which is why we have to. We need to overcome them. Our founding fathers counted on we the people to hold our government in check and be Being able to do that means understanding the proper role of Congress. Now, to help us understand this critical issue for a limited time, my friends at Hillsdale College have brought their powerful online course on the history and proper role of Congress back, absolutely free to equip all of us to know what we should expect of our Congress. I encourage you to check out this course, but not just you, your family, your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors. Spread the word of liberty. Like Hillsdale College is. Hillsdale is on an important mission to restore liberty in our great country. And for a limited time, you can take their excellent and enlightening online courses for free. I urge you to sign up right now for this critical course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Learn how Congress used to work and why it doesn't work anymore. Learn more about liberty. Spread the word. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. Listening to Denali, the great one. The great one. And you can call in now, 877-381-3811. You know, Chris Matthews over at MSLST, he was a lousy speechwriter for uh, Jimmy Carter. Can anybody think of any good speech that Carter ever delivered? No. But he'll pass judgment regardless. February 6th, Ronald Reagan's birthday would be 108 today. When was this show, when the syndicated uh, syndication started, Rich? No, that's too late. We started syndicating the show in 2006 on February 6th. We were on WABC and we added WBAP. Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas was our second, our first affiliate. WABC is the mothership, always. So we always appreciate that with WABC. And there were others, too, early on. Our Milwaukee affiliate. Great, great program director there. We really appreciate all of them. All of you folks. So we have people who really are troubled by the Trump speech. And I think Nancy Pelosi in the background there looked like a clown. An absolute buffoon. She's got these weird... Facial tics. She's got uh, herky-jerky going on back there. She's, she raises her hand like she's uh, some kind of a, a, well, fascist. Quiet down. Oh, okay. She kind of turns her hand to the side. She doesn't know when to sit. She's holding up a piece of paper. Kind of rude, if you ask me. And all of them, they don't know when to clap. They don't know when to clap. I mean, I used to enjoy watching the clapping seals. We don't even have the clapping seals anymore. They're all dressed in white, Mr. Producer. But why white? Why would they dress in white? We just had this thing with the governor in a picture. Somebody dressed in white with a hood and another guy in blackface. And what is it with Democrats and painting blackface on their, on their, on their faces? What's with the white Democrat? I, I, I don't, it doesn't even occur to you, does it? Well, it's their history. What do you expect? Now let's listen to Leon Panetta. They dragged this guy out. 
He was a nobody when he was a somebody. They dragged this guy out. What do you think? They're going to ask any jerk off the... Excuse me. Dump that. (laughs) They're going to ask any jerk on the street what they think. You know, like Mark Warner roaming around at night in a raincoat. You never know. Here's Leon Panetta. Cut five. Go. As you try to hope for the best, uh, you heard the rhetoric of divisiveness. No, you Uh, didn't. You heard the rhetoric of a statesman who's making the case for a secure nation, who's making the case for babies and not, and he's right, executing babies. He's making the case for a strong economy, for a strong military. He's making the case for America. He's making the American case. And today, with the modern Democrat Party, that's divisive. That's divisive. Go ahead. Uh, relating to... Ah, shut uh, up, you idiot. Then we have Chuck Schumer on CNN Today. Now, I play this for kicks, because we know he's a loon, and he is a loon. Go ahead. Well, I would say there's very little nice to say about it. In the, It's sort of like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Um, and he, the em- excitement, enthusiasm was all in the Mr. Hyde parts. What are you think- rambling on about? Like a, uh, like a drunk. What do you, what do you, it's uh, like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Go ahead. Abrams showed the president what real leadership was. Oh, we all need to follow Stacey Abrams with her identity politics. Now, that was a divisive speech. Mark, you said you didn't watch. Of course, I didn't watch it. But there's little clips of it here and there. She's elected to nothing, and she she lost her election, and she said, it's a result of voter suppression. No, it's a result of you as a candidate, a leftist. Go ahead. She was thoughtful. She was caring. She talked about her family and the American dream is fighting Ah, out of That's enough. That's enough. American families. That's enough. That's enough. Now we get to the media. They're one and the same, really. I'm desperate to get to this Virginia stuff, but let's, let's stay, stay focused. We've got time. John King on CNN last night. John King. This man's supposed to be a journalist. I believe he used to be at AP, but I'm not sure. Cut seven, go. Back to the Stacey Abrams speech. That's a very difficult job. Uh, that's the best response, Democrat or Republican, mm-hmm. I can remember in yeah. some years. It's a very difficult job. It's a thankless job. Uh, but also, you learn about the differences between the two parties. She talked about voting rights. She talked about climate change. And she talked about guns. Wow. That's never been done before. Wow. Must have been a hell of a speech. Voting rights? They're not supporting voting rights. They support people voting who don't have the right to vote. It's anti-voting rights. Because it cancels out the vote of an actual citizen. She talks about climate change. Wow, Democrats have never done that before. And did she talk about the science behind it? No, they can't. And they won't. And she talked about guns. Let me guess. Controlling guns. Not criminals. Can't control criminals. But guns we can control. Can't control the damn border. But we'll control Law-abiding citizens who own guns lawfully. 
Wow, what a contrast. We've never heard of that before, have we, Mr. Producer? Go ahead. Hear any of those subjects from the president. They didn't hear any of those subjects from the president. By God, the president should have said, we want anyone to vote and everyone to vote without conditions. The president should have said, all right, I've changed my mind. I believe in climate change, a.k.a. destroying the economy, a.k.a. fake science. president should have said, abolish the Second Amendment. You know, democracy dies in darkness. There's only certain amendments we like, really only one, not even the one, only part of one, the part that protects these fools. Nobody else should be protected. So the president failed to mention We did not hear, he says, any of those subjects from the President of the United States. But you heard other subjects from the President of the United States. Like, don't kill babies. Like, the job of a President and elected politicians is to represent the American citizen. I heard that one. Like, no to socialism. I heard that one. And by the way, this is the most pro-Israel President ever. Ever. Notice they don't tip their hat to him on that. Have you noticed that? Notice the Democrat Party and the media don't tip their hat to the president in his repeated statements about Israel, pro-Israel statements. Now, why is that? I've talked about this. The growing bigotry within the Democrat Party and, in fact, the growing bigotry within the media. Did Stacey Abrams bring up Israel? Did Stacey Abrams say it was a wonderful thing to recognize Jerusalem as their capital, which it's always been, and to move our embassy to the, to the capital in Jerusalem? No. Well, why don't they say, you know, Stacey Abrams, she didn't mention that. She didn't mention building up the military. She didn't mention saving babies. Notice? Go ahead. Democrats believe that animates their coalition. They believe it helps them, and they believe... Yes, it animates their coalition. It helps them. But what about the country? Notice, media do not talk about the country. Democrats, it's about their base. It's about their political opportunism. Not about the country. Remember what I've always told you. For the Democrats, it's about party first, power first. Like the Marxists, this is the way it works. The country is something to be changed. The party is the vessel through which you do it. You must have allegiance to the party, the ideology that undergirds the party. People who come here must assimilate into the ideology of progressivism and big government, not Americanism and constitutionalism. Go ahead. Especially on the issue of climate change, uh, especially on the issue of voting rights, it helps them to talk about things the president won't talk about. Um, you can shrug all you want. I mean, there's not, they're not, the, the Republicans it, uh, don't support any of those things. Why would you talk about Well, it? all Americans should want our we president. Whatever the disagreements right. are, uh, just look at his own national security review. Um, every leader. Listen to this. Go ahead. Party should be talking about climate change. It's just we well, could have a debate about what to do about it. But he's the, that the president of the United States at this moment. In I don't the know world. how Rick Santorum can take it. I really don't. I salute him. So you hear this guy, King, he sounds like Chuck Todd. The media have decided climate change, man-made climate change, you must embrace it or you're a fraud, a moron, and a denier. Debate over. Debate over. It's absolutely pathetic. John King knows nothing about the science for or against climate change. Man-made climate change. It's too stupid. Same with Chuck Todd. Too stupid. These are ideologues. 
And how dare Rick Santorum mention, hey, Republicans don't support any of those things. Why would you talk about them? Well, we in the media, we support them. And, and it, it shouldn't just be whatever your party wants. And you shouldn't. See what I mean? Now, when we come back, there'll be a little bit more of this. I don't mean to put you through verbal waterboarding here, but you need to know. 76% of the people polled thought the president's speech was very good. Some of them thought it was great. Even the CNN poll showed that. Have you heard one of these leftists dressed up as journalists or hosts or anchors say anything significantly positive about the president's speech? No. That's why CNN plays to a tiny, tiny fraction of the population. MSNBC does the same thing. Because the Democrat Party base, the AOC base, the Bernie Sanders base, all the, the, uh, the clowns on the left, their base is John King's base, is Jake Tapper's base, is Chris Cuomo's base, is Rachel Maddow's base, is Chris Matthews' base. The base is the same. It's the Castro wing of the Democrat Party. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. The new congressional leadership is in town, but there's nothing new about what they're pushing. Big government, centralized government, iron-fisted government, higher taxes, more regulations, open borders. They're on a mission to obstruct our freedom and undermine our sovereignty. Yours, mine, all of ours. And too many representatives don't care. This is the nature of progressivism. It's an ideological poison. And the best way to fight it is with knowledge, information about liberty, about the Declaration, about the Constitution, and how Congress is supposed to work. It's up to we, the people, to understand what our government is and is not supposed to do. And that includes Congress. And thankfully, my good friends at Hillsdale College have brought back the powerful online course on the history and proper role of Congress, and it's absolutely free. Please take advantage of this remarkable offer to equip yourself, your family, your friends, your neighbors, with the knowledge that all of us should have about our Congress and our government generally. Hillsdale College is on a critical mission to restore liberty in our great country. And you can take their excellent online courses for free for a limited time. So sign up right now for this important course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Learn how Congress used to work and why it doesn't anymore so we can do something about it. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. President's speech was not divisive. It was firm. It was statesmanlike. That's why the Democrats and the media hated it. It resonates. The president's talking about Americans, American business, American workers. He's talking about securing our borders, America's borders. He's talking about empowering the U.S. military, America's military. What do the Democrats actually stand for? What is it that's American that the Democrats stand for? I may add, what is it that's American that John King stands for? Or Jake Tapper, who seems to think America's history is about class warfare. So perverse is his is his thinking, so limited is his knowledge base. 
What is it about America that they love at CNN? Nothing. What is it about America that they love at MSNBC? Nothing. What is it about America that they love at the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost? Nothing. Well, if there is something, they do a pretty damn good job of hiding it. The president's speech was patriotic. It was substantive. As I said, it moves smoothly through history and economics, through current events. People actually enjoyed watching it, except, of course, if you're a hater. Like one of the uh, three senior officials at the, in the uh, Virginia government, but I'll get to that later. There's nothing, and not only that, he was very charismatic. All the clowns jump up in white when, uh, when the president talks about creating jobs for women, and of course they think it's about them. And they're pointing to the, look at me, look at me, thanks to you, we're in, look at me. You know what? Some of you are not going to be in Congress next time around. Because you've thrown in with Pelosi. Many of you said you would never vote for her from, for your leader. You did. I watched this Congressman Hill, Congresswoman Hill, from Irvine, California. She beat a conservative woman. And they did it, of course, a week later, the aftercount. They're into after stuff, like post-birth abortion, post-election counting, you know, stuff like that. Gives them an opportunity to circle back. And she's out there mumbling around. You know, I, I could favor some kind of barriers, of course. I, I don't, I'm not with either extreme. The problem with a person like that is she's not a leader. She's a mumbler. And really, I'm a centrist. I, 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 no, you're nothing. And when it comes to voting for leadership, you vote for Pelosi. I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, See, there's a false argument. And I'm not going to play Stacey Abrams because I don't care about Stacey Abrams. There's a false argument here that, uh, you know, immigrants are good for America. Well, ladies and gentlemen, some immigrants are good for America. Some immigrants aren't good for America. That's the whole point of a vetting process. That's the whole point of having a legal process. That's why we've always had one. Certainly in the modern era, all immigrants are not good. All citizens are not good. But citizens have a right to be here and all People who wish to be here do not necessarily have a right to be here. See the difference? So the Democrats want this to be an argument over whether or not all immigrants are good or bad. It's not an argument over whether all immigrants are good or bad. It's an argument over legal or illegal. That's what it's an argument about. And they see no distinction. They don't much care. Let's move into this Virginia matter right now. We can get into a number of issues here. Although there is one thing I want to hit. There is one thing I want to hit. John Avalon is one of the biggest putzes in the media. 
used to work for Giuliani, was a Republican. His wife is Margaret Hoover. She's on PBS pretending to be William F. Buckley Jr. I have nothing against her, but him, he's a disgrace. And he's on CNN, a longtime sellout. He's always attacking talk radio and conservatives and all the rest. The president attacks socialism. Isn't that a good thing to attack socialism? We don't support socialism, do we? No, I don't think we do. But the Democrat Party does. I'm going to prove it to you in a couple respects. First, John Avalon. On CNN. Attacking the president. Cut 15, go. And then there's this little irony. While the president was blasting socialism, he denounced, quote, government coercion, domination, and control. So it's worth noting that the president plans to use eminent domain to take land from private citizens to build parts of his border wall. Last time I checked, nothing says socialism quite like seizing private property. That's about as dumb as it gets. Now, of course, it's in the Constitution, eminent domain, for public purposes. Not for private purposes, public purposes. So this is how a moron who's very poorly educated, almost illiterate on matters related to the Constitution, this is how he gets does a gotcha. But it's not a gotcha. How do you think schools are built if they can't purchase the property? How do you think military bases are built? How do you think highways are built? How do you think all these things are done? If you do it like they tried in Kilo, if you do it for the purpose of redistributing wealth, taking somebody's home, uh, taking uh, the homes away from people in order to build a mall or something or, or office complex, that's a totally different thing. And that's not what the president is seeking to do. So when the president tries to do something that is legitimate, something that's been done many, many, many times for the right reasons, the constitutional reasons, it's made to look like there's something wrong with him. There's something extraordinary taking place. Now, there's nothing extraordinary taking place, just like the National Emergencies Act. There's nothing extraordinary if he would use the National Emergencies Act. And yet people make it sound like, wow. That violates separation of powers. Apparently it didn't violate it the over 50 times it was used before. Apparently it didn't violate it uh, when it was used by prior presidents, but it violates it now. Suddenly it's on everybody's radar screen. And so that has nothing to do with socialism, you idiot. Socialism is controlling the means of production. You'd be closer to call it Marxism, but you don't know the difference anyway. Then we have... Chucky Schmucky Schumer, been in Congress since 1981, been in public office since he graduated law school. Man's never worked in a private sector job, really in his adult life, but he knows how to run the private sector. And uh, he's asked about this, he's asking about capitalism and socialism and shareholders and all the rest. Listen to him, cut 14, go. He's listening to some of these hard right people. So you're a hard right person if you oppose. So for some reason, more than all the rest of the hardcore progressive Marxists, this guy gets under my skin the most. Doesn't he yours, Mr. Producer? Weasel is the right word. And he's creepy. And he takes words and applies them. Words that really belong to him and projects them onto other people. In other words, he uses like the reverse definition of the word. An antonym, as we like to say. Let's take it from the top. Go ahead. 
Go. He's listening to some of these hard right people. And they are saying capital, the only type of capitalism that should exist is without guardrails, you know, like back in the 1890s. Hold, 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 on, hold on a second. Without guardrails. Has anybody advised the President of the United States to abolish the Department of Commerce, the Antitrust Division, the SEC, in some aspects, the FCC, the Energy Department? All these departments exist almost all of them to regulate, control, bully the private sector and they make it like it's pre-New Deal or pre-Woodrow Wilson now you know what came out of the 1890s and 19, early 1900s ladies and gentlemen electricity electricity the automobile All kinds of great things. But you're supposed to hate the Industrial Revolution. You're supposed to hate what came out of the Industrial Revolution. And yet we wouldn't be the greatest economic engine on the face of the earth but for the Industrial Revolution. And then the progressives stepped in. And then the progressives stepped in. And they hate the Industrial Revolution. They love... Here's the thing. They hate the golden goose, but they love the golden eggs. Does that make sense, Mr. Producer? So they'll choke the golden goose to death, and they'll still claim that it can lay golden eggs. I can't put it any more simple, simpler so, so even Chuck Schumer can understand. Go ahead. We believe that we need to improve capitalism and have it... You know, no, he doesn't. How are they going to improve capitalism? Ladies and gentlemen, capitalism is a word. It was actually developed by Marx. It's called the commerce system. It's called the trade system. It's right there in the Constitution, commerce and trade. That's what it is. How is Chuck Schumer and AOC, how are they going to improve the quote-unquote capitalist system? The truth is, it's not a system. It just happens. Like liberty. We're going to improve liberty. No, you're not. Maybe you can protect it. You can create a government that that tries to protect it. But you're not going to improve it. Liberty isn't something that, it's not clay, it's not something you mold. It's a belief system. It's a spiritual system, truthfully. It's an unalienable right. You're not going to improve it. Capitalism or commerce and trade are appendages of liberty and individualism and creativity. The mind, the intellect. How is Chuck Schumer going to improve that? They're not going to improve anything. And by the way, who are these great minds who are going to improve it? We are going to improve it. Who, him? AOC? Nancy Pelosi? Which bureaucrat? Which bureaucracy? Which group of politicians is going to, quote-unquote, improve capitalism? It's bizarre. If we had a real media, if we had real news, if we had real media platforms where these things were discussed seriously, substantively, intelligently, rather than this clown who walks around with uh, fortune cookies uh, uh, paper that comes out, look at this. 
We're going to improve capitalism. And by the way, honey, let's play the lottery. There's numbers on the back here. If we had a substantive, serious, mature media with mature, substantive programs and anchors, we'd be in a far better place than we are today. Go ahead. Joe, corporations had much more of an obligation, not just to their shareholders, but to their workers and their communities and to America. It's devolved so that all they're slavishly devoted just to the shareholders, and that hurts working people. What, 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 what. what is he talking about? Which company is he talking about? Which company is slavishly devoted to the shareholder and not the worker? Just because unions don't get everything they want doesn't mean the business is a bad business. Just because a, restor- a restaurant's trying to stay in business and the wait staff wants more and they can't afford it doesn't mean they're slavishly profiteering. Again, this is a man who's never had to make a nickel in the private sector. Doesn't know how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and doesn't know how to sell it. I'll be right back. in. in their noble quest for freedom and we condemn the brutality of the Maduro regime whose socialist policies have turned that nation from being the wealthiest in South America into a state of abject poverty and despair. Here in the United States, We are alarmed by the new calls to adopt socialism in our country. America was founded on liberty and independence and not government coercion, domination and control. We are born free and we will stay free. Tonight, we renew our resolve that America will never be a socialist country. I'll tell you what, he had some tremendous, tremendous lines in this speech. It was a tremendous speech. Again, my buddy Craig Shelley, a real Reagan historian, has written multiple books on Reagan, and it's Reagan's birthday today. It'd be 108. He and I agree that this was the best speech since Reagan. Best one. Which is why the media all worked up. They have their usual circus clowns up there with their one-liners. It's incredible. It's incredible. You know, they talk about the Internet and what Twitter has done. (coughs) Excuse me. And that journalists should get off of Twitter, take a vacation from Twitter. It's having a negative influence. I see things a little differently. I really do. The internet, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or any of the rest of them, anyone can get on there. Anyone can say anything. You can ignore it. You can participate it. You can participate in a little corner of it. There's a lot of things you can do there. I'm not that troubled by it. I'm really not. I'm troubled by what's going on on these media platforms. 
Not the new media, the old media. Maybe I'm a contrarian, but that's what's bothering me. What's going on in the old media? The old media don't have to pay attention to every kook that's on the Internet any more than they have to pay attention to every kook that's on the street. The problem is a lot of these kooks now are dressed up as journalists and editors and producers in the old media. Chuck Todd. He's no credentials of any serious kind. George Stephanopoulos, same thing. You can go down the list. And then they bring in analysts and commentators who are even worse. You look at Meet the Depressed. Meet the Depressed Republicans. Mostly are never Trumpers or they're the rhinos. You know, they're, 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 they are stable of rhinos that they bring in. Look at how quickly John King cut off Rick Santorum, who made it obvious and intelligent point. Why would Trump bring up all of your agenda, your liberal agenda? It's his State of the Union speech. And by the way, now you know why Pelosi and the Democrats and the media didn't want Trump to give a speech. Because he gave a great speech, and it has resonated with the, uh, resi- uh, resonated with the American people. 76% say they thought it was a very good, if not great, speech. And that's from CBS and CNN. Now, you know they cringed when they had to report that stuff. Now, I want to talk about the Commonwealth of Virginia. You have three statewide constitutional offices, all held by Democrats. Northam is the governor. Fairfax is the lieutenant governor. And a guy by the name of Mark Herring is the attorney general. And he's been in state government since forever. He's been a state senator and so forth. Northam says, hey, that's not me on my page from my medical school in the medical yearbook in blackface, or the Klan outfit. Now, that's quite convenient. He apologized. And then later said, well, now I decided that's not me. Because who can tell? One guy's in a Klan outfit, and the other guy's not only in blackface, but he's wearing clothes where it's difficult to tell who it is. So somebody had the bright idea. Well, they can't tell, so let's just say it was a mistake. But then... Somebody must have known or seen him or taken a picture at another event, a Michael Jackson dance event, where he put shoe polish on his face. And then he's giving us instructions at his press conference. You know, he says, basically, you you know, you, you can't put on too much of this because, as everyone knows, it's hard to take off. No, shoe polish goes on your shoes, not your face, you idiot. And the more people around the country hear this clown, the more they say, how the hell did the people of Virginia elect this guy? I'll tell you how. The same damn media. The Washington Post endorsed Northam. And one of the reasons they endorsed him, they said he was a uniter and Gillespie was not. They endorsed Fairfax for lieutenant governor. I have no idea why they endorsed him. He's a former prosecutor. That's about it. African-American. And then the attorney general. They endorsed this guy, too. Mark Herring. Now, Mark Herring comes out today and says, you know what? I have to confess. 
Way back in 1980, I wore brown makeup and a wig to look like a rapper during a party as a 19-year-old student at the University of Virginia. Now, a lot of people might say, well, that's a long time ago. Really? Did they say that during Brett Kavanaugh's hearing? No. They were looking at his elementary school records. They, were, they went back to the hospital where he was born. Obviously, I'm overstating, but you get the point. We had grown-up United States senators, all Democrats, hanging on every word that some kid puts in their yearbook. What did you mean by that? Didn't you mean rape by that? Didn't you mean gang rape by that? Didn't you mean all those things by that? Like this full White House from Rhode Island. More when I return. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. Up a fur ball and call 877-381-3811 right now from Mike Levin. Does anybody know which amendment? I should have looked this up really. Which amendment of the Constitution provides for universal suffrage, by the way? It's the 19th Amendment to the Constitution, obviously. And I'm reminded it was passed by a Republican Congress, signed by a Republican president, and opposed by Democrats. The Democrat Party, for most of its history, has always been the party of racism and oppression. Whether it comes to women, whether it comes to blacks. And now they claim to be for immigration. They're not for immigration, folks. They're for the Democrat Party. As I keep saying, if those were Republicans, our future Republicans coming over the border, they'd be building the Berlin Wall. And it'd be armed. They wouldn't tolerate that for two minutes. This is a party that's about party. This is a party that's about party. Its history speaks for itself. Look, there's a Republican in Florida who immediately resigned. I think it was the Secretary of State because he was dressed up in blackface. Uh... I think when he was in college, I don't have all the facts. Uh, I don't remember all the facts. He resigned immediately. This is not tolerated in the Republican Party. It's not tolerated among conservatives because the left doesn't even understand what conservatism means. It's not David Duke. It's not the Klan. We're constitutionalists. And even more. We believe in the Declaration of Independence. And even more, we believe in the principles 
declared in the Declaration of Independence. How can you be any of that if you believe in unalienable rights for every human being? How can you believe in that if you don't believe in abortion? The civil rights leaders in this country, particularly those who are African-American, most of them, not all of them, have done a massive disservice to the black community with this abortion issue. A massive disservice. But I want to get back to the three musketeers or musketeers or stooges or whatever you want to call them. The three Democrats who are the statewide constitutional office holders in the state of Virginia. All of whom were endorsed by every liberal newspaper, including the Washington Compost. So Attorney General Mark Herring, who's a state senator forever, he comes forward and he admits he wore brown makeup and a wig in 1980 to look like a rapper during a party as a 19-year-old student at the University of Virginia. Now look. My question is this. He knew that. He knew that during the Brett Kavanaugh hearings. He didn't have to reveal it. But why didn't he at least sound like a centrist or moderate Democrat and say something as a statewide constitutional official, the attorney general of all things, and sometimes they have cases in front of the Supreme Court? Why didn't he say something about, wait a minute, I think my party's gone too far on this no due process, no presumption of innocence point. Don't you always look at a situation and say to yourself, I could be in that situation. Not that I am, but I could be. And how would I want to be treated? And that's how you treat other people, the old golden rule. But they don't. They're always on a seek-and-destroy mission. A seek-and-destroy mission. Don't you think Clarence Thomas should have gotten at least a little bit of due process and presumption of innocence during his hearing? But no. Ted Kennedy, the liar of the Senate, and Joe Biden, the dummy of the Senate, among others, were out to destroy him. What does Joe Biden have to say about Lieutenant Governor Fairfax, nothing. Nothing. And in fact, shouldn't all these Democrats who sat on the Senate Judiciary Committee be jumping up and down right now about Mr. Fairfax? There's a woman who's come forward. She's also a woman of color. She's also hired the same law firm that Ford had. She's made very specific allegations against Fairfax. We are told by Gillibrand, Harris... Uh, Spartacus and all the rest of them, that that's good enough. And yet, apparently it's not. Virginia Lieutenant Governor Justin Fairfax, this is Fox News, the accuser releases statement detailing sexual assault allegations. The woman accusing a Virginia Lieutenant Governor Justin Fairfax of sexual assault released a graphic statement Wednesday detailing her allegations for the first time, saying he forced her to perform oral sex back in 2004. And she's a professor. Dr. Vanessa C. Tyson, a professor at Scripps College in California, said the alleged encounter occurred in late July 2004 during the Democrat National Convention in Boston. 
I'm not going to get into all the dirty details, but she says, with tremendous anguish, I'm now sharing this information about my experience and setting the record straight. It's been extremely difficult to relive that traumatic experience from 2004. Mr. Fairfax has tried to brand me as a liar for a national audience in service to his political ambitions and has threatened litigation. Given his false assertions, I'm compelled to make clear what happened. And she does. She has this uh, Katz lawyer as her lawyer, Deborah Katz. raises a question. The Washington Post had this information from this Professor Tyson. They said they couldn't corroborate it. How much information could the media corroborate against Brett Kavanaugh? None of it. None of it's ever been corroborated. None of it. And yet the nation was dragged through that spectacle Because that's what the media wanted, that's what the left wanted, and that's what these Democrats on the committee running for president wanted. And he squeaked by with a confirmation. Squeaked by. He's a moderate to conservative jurist. Nothing controversial about the man. Nothing controversial in his background. On a circuit court, not just any circuit court, the circuit court in Washington, D.C. for 15 years. Nobody ever said anything negative about his character, about his personal behavior. Then all of a sudden, it all pours out. All the lies, all the filth, all the smear. And he has to get up there in front of the nation, barely holding back tears, defending himself against impossible allegations, allegations that were outrageous, On the surface, thrown at him. He's got to sit there and read from pages in his annual when he was in high school. And I didn't hear a damn thing from this attorney general in Virginia. And I hear nothing but crickets, pretty much, when it comes to the Virginia Lieutenant Governor Justin Fairfax and the allegation made against him by Dr. Vanessa Tyson. Well, we can't corroborate it, says the Washington Post. When does that ever stop the Washington Post? When does that ever stop CNN or MSNBC? Or Jess Scarborough and Mika? Or all the rest of the clowns? It never stops them. Fairfax reiterated, former federal prosecutor, he had a consensual encounter with the woman who made the allegation when he was an unmarried law student. Where is the Me Too movement, Mr. Producer? Where is the Me Too movement? All of a sudden there, let's not talk movement. They've created identity politics. And I don't just mean race. And now it's devouring them from within. All three in Virginia. The governor the lieutenant governor, the attorney general. Well, I was 19 at the time. I do believe people can change. I do believe people can apologize. I don't believe every mistake in your youth should be a death sentence for the rest of your life, for the rest of your career. I really don't believe that, depending on what it is. We just let thousands of people out of prison, or about to, and everybody's applauding. Prison reform. 
prison reform. But when it comes to high stakes politics, the left doesn't believe in reform or redemption or anything of the kind. It believes in slaughter. If you don't agree with them. They've already they're already working over this nominee to replace Mr. Kavanaugh. Didn't you write when you were in college, when you were at Yale, didn't you write that? What did you mean by this in the in the essay? What did you mean by this in the article in the Washington Times here? Uh, uh, what, what did you mean by that? Well, you know, and, oh, and you, you expect us to believe that you changed your views? That's what we get now. They're still doing it to nominees by this president. They're still doing it. And they do it to men and women of character, men and women who are moral, who just have differences of opinions, and you're not allowed to. They think they own the courts. They think they own everything. And when they do it to an individual who is a minority, who actually is black, And doesn't have to pretend to be. Like a Clarence Thomas among others. When they do it to people like that. It's apparently acceptable. If you're a Democrat. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. By now, most of us have started racking our brains about what Valentine's gift is truly going to make her day special. With 1-800-Flowers.com, it's really not that complicated. Roses from 1-800-Flowers, well, that's a no-brainer. And right now, when you order early, and it's getting late, you can get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $29.99 or double it to the 36-stem Enchanted Roses for $20 more. Now, this is an unbelievable offer from 1-800-Flowers. The 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $29.99 or double the roses for $20 more. Roses from 1-800-Flowers, they're special. They're picked at their peak and they're shipped overnight to ensure freshness and her amazement. The 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $29.99 or double to 36 roses for $20 more. That's an amazing offer. But guess what? It expires today. And today's only a few more hours. I'm the cleanup hitter, and it's only a few more hours. Bouquet prices will be going up soon, so take advantage now. Pick your delivery date and let 1-800-Flowers handle the rest. When it comes to Valentine's, I don't settle for anything less than my rose authority, 1-800-Flowers.com. So to order the 18 Stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $29.99 or double the roses for $20 more, here's what you do. And you need to do it ASAP. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click the radio icon, and enter code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N. That's how you get the deal, but you need to do it now. Okay? That's 1-800-Flowers.com. Click the radio icon and enter code LEVIN one more time. 1-800-Flowers.com. That's the website. Click on the radio icon and enter L-E-V-I-N. Good luck. I know you're not going to wait. This is the price today, tonight, and tomorrow it changes. Go for it. What about you? I already did it. I already did it. I don't need to be reminded. What does the Democrat Party stand for? Socialism? 
Infanticide? Where does it stand when a man is accused of sexual harassment, or in this case, sexual assault, even rape? You realize the lieutenant governor of Virginia is accused of rape. That's what this is. What does the Democrat Party stand for? They claim to stand for women's rights. Killing a baby is not a woman's right, and I wouldn't think women think it's a right either. I think they're being used. This is the party that holds up Ted Kennedy, who abused women left and right. Trapaquitic, they cover it up. That's the party. This is a party that doesn't believe in due process and presumption of innocence unless, of course, you're a Democrat. Two rules, depending on whether you agree with them or not. This is is the tyrannical mindset that I talk about. This is a party where 76% of the American people like the president's speech. 90% of them don't. And by party, I mean the full party. Academia, the media, the out of the uh, closet politicians and so forth who are actually full throated leftists. Is anybody calling for Justin Fairfax's resignation, the lieutenant governor of Virginia? I don't see groundswell for that. Do you, Mr. Producer? What if he were a Republican and his name were Brett Kavanaugh? Let me ask you this. Could Justice, excuse me, could Lieutenant Governor Justin Fairfax be confirmed? By Democrat Senate, will all those clowns who are on the Senate Judiciary Committee for the Supreme Court? I would think the answer is yes. Yes. To me, the allegations against him are the most serious. Not because it's race versus sex. It's because it was only 15 years ago And what he's accused of is a crime. They really need to get to the bottom of it. I don't know the answer. If you're wondering where I come down, I have no idea. She's far more credible than Ford ever was. Far more credible than Ford ever was. And Fairfax is far less credible than Kavanaugh ever was. And the Washington Post has lost all credibility. It endorsed all three of these candidates without any serious vetting. And in the case of the accuser against Fairfax, they demanded corroboration. Did they demand that with Kavanaugh? No. They did not. Did the New York Times demand it? Well, do they demand it today? Yeah, we have a partisan media, a a left-wing media. This is not new to you, but it does affect outcomes. It does affect our politics. It does affect our policies. And it's a problem. There's a lot of stuff on the Internet I don't like. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of stuff in books I don't like. There's a lot of stuff in movies I don't like. The problem is not the Internet. The problem are the old, is the old media and their platforms. It's them. At least on the Internet, 
well, you know, there's Twitter and there's Facebook and they control. There's an awful lot going on in the Internet on all sides against all sides. There's your freedom of speech. Like it or not. And I don't like a lot of it. You don't really have freedom of speech with the old media. You have one way speech. You have propaganda. That's the problem. All right, folks, I shall return. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello everybody, Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Trump supporter castigated for calling Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez AOC, a 29-year-old coffee barista. This is in uh, Yahoo.com. A former congressman who supports Donald Trump has been scolded for brandering Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a 29-year-old coffee barista. MSLSD host Ari Melber hit back at Jack Kingston, an ex-Republican congressman from Georgia on Tuesday night, after he dismissed the congresswoman as a coffee maker. Mr. Melber was hosting a panel about Mr. Trump's recently leaked private schedules, which revealed the U.S. president has spent nearly 60% of his scheduled time in the White House over the last three months enjoying unstructured executive time. Well, at least he's not having sex with interns, or in the case of John Kennedy, having sex with everybody who crosses his doorway, or the case of Lyndon Johnson, having more sex than that. At least they're not unleashing the IRS on the Tea Party the way that uh, Obama's cronies did. That was never criminally investigated. Remember that? And we can go on and on and on. And, of course, the media have no problem with the leaked schedules because it's Donald Trump. If it were Obama, they'd be looking for the racist who did it. The daily schedule leaked by a White House source showed clear discrepancies in what the president was said to be doing with his time on paper compared to his reported reality. This is the Independent, a left-wing paper in Britain. Mr. Melber said, surely you can't say this is normal presidential scheduling. Your response? Mr. Kingston replied, Ari, let me say number one. Here we have a 29-year-old coffee barista telling a man who's made billions of dollars running management and enterprises and investments and real estate all over the globe, and she's going to tell him 
how to manage the world. But Mr. Melber interrupted immediately, rebuking him for referring to the rising political star's background. She's not being quoted today based on the fact that she worked on retail or in service, Mr. Melber said. She's quoted as a member of Congress, the same title as yours. Do you not give her the same respect to the title you held? Mr. Kingston, a former Republican congressman from Georgia who was a CNN contributor, appeared to ignore his input and simply applauded Mr. Trump. Little thin skin there, aren't we, Mr. Melber and clown, Maya Oppenheim over there at the Independent? President of the United States has been called a racist, an anti-Semite. He's been called Stalin, a Nazi, a neo-Nazi. He's been called a Klansman. He's been called all these things and more. And poor AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. You better not call her a coffee barista. She's a congresswoman. And she deserves your respect. No, she doesn't. She's a coffee barista. And if she were a he, we got to get rid of these pronouns. It is a coffee barista. It is. Who got elected to Congress? Why can't we say such things? And this is why it, AOC, is so angry with him, it, Howard Schultz. Schultz, eh? Who's running as an independent because he was not a coffee barista. He was a coffee baron. Now you can attack Howard Schultz because he's a filthy rich billionaire. Ah, call him whatever you want. Go get him, get him, get him, get him. But do not call AOC a coffee barista. No. Because that's disrespectful. Very disrespectful. You know, here's a big story from John Solomon that will get mostly ignored. From the Hill, Mueller, remember him, hauled before secret FISA court to address FBI abuses in 2002, Congress told. This caught my attention. Robert Mueller, the former FBI director and current special prosecutor in the Russia case, writes John Solomon, once was hauled before the nation's secret intelligence court to address a large number of instances in which the FBI cheated on sensitive surveillance warrants according to evidence gathered by congressional investigators. This guy is unbelievable, his abuses of power. For most of the past 16 years, Mueller's closed-door encounter escaped public notice because of the secrecy of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. But thanks to recent testimony from a former FBI lawyer, we now have a rare window into documented abuses of FISA, FISA warrants, and how the courts handle the matter. The episode is taking on new significance as Mueller moves into the final stages of his Russia probe. While evidence mounts that the FBI work preceding his appointment as as special prosecutor may have involved improprieties in securing of a FISA warrant to spy on Donald Trump and his campaign in the final weeks of the 2016 campaign. The sin that plagued the FBI two decades ago under Mueller and that now lingers over the Russia case involves the omission of material facts by agents applying for FISA warrants in sensitive counterterrorism and counterintelligence cases. Such omissions are a serious matter at the FISC, that is the the, uh, FISA court. 
because it's the one court in America where the accused gets no representation or chance to defend himself. And that means the FBI is obligated to disclose evidence of both guilt and innocence about the target of a FISA warrant. So where are these federal judges now? Where are these federal judges now when it comes to the abuse of the FISA warrant process against the President of the United States and his campaign? Trisha Anderson, who recently stepped down as the FBI's principal deputy general counsel, told House investigators last year in an interview that early in Mueller's FBI tenure, nearly two decades ago, the FISA court summoned the new director to appear before the judges to address concerns about extensive cheating on FISA warrants. Quote, it preceded my time with the FBI, but as I understood it, there was a pattern of some incidents of omission that were of concern to the FISA court that resulted in former Director Mueller actually appearing before the FISA court, she told Congress. Peter Carr, a spokesidiot from Mueller at the special counsel's office, declined comment on Anderson's testimony. So too did FBI spokeswoman Kelsey, whatever her name is, Petrenton. Other sources who worked for Mueller at the time told me, that is Sullivan, the court's concerns arose in 2002 and 3, shortly after America was stunned by the 9-11 terror attacks, when the court learned that FBI had omitted material facts from FISA warrant applications in more than 75 terrorism cases that dated back to the late 1990s. <coughs> and it goes on. Mr. Mueller and his lieutenant, Weisberg, Weissman, whatever. As I've been telling you all along, it's Weissman to keep your eyes on. That little creep who spent his entire life as a federal government employee trying to destroy the lives of private citizens, trying to destroy private businesses. As you will have heard from Sidney Powell on my show on Fox a couple of Sundays ago, and actually it was played last Saturday too. His treatment of Roger Stone, who I find contemptible, but still he shouldn't be treated the way he's treated. They surround him with 29 agents and SWAT team. Because the 65-year-old, in his 1960s suits and his fake hair, is a danger to society, don't you know? Guns drawn. AR-15s drawn. On Roger Stone, is this a joke? And Manafort. Manafort. Same thing. The Merrill Lynch executives, four of them. Same thing. This man is never held to account. Weissman. Never held to account. What they did to Anderson, Arthur Anderson, destroyed a company that employed 85,000 people. The Supreme Court reversed the conviction 9 to 0. And Mr. Mueller still found Weissman to be such a great lieutenant. Now, I want to underscore something I've been telling you for the past few months. Mueller's office leaks, and it leaks a lot, and Weissman is the major leaker. And Mr. Whitaker, the acting attorney general, is a gutless wonder. They beat him up pretty good in the press. They beat him up pretty good in Congress. And we have a report now that, in fact, CNN was tipped off 
by Weissman about the arrest of Roger Stone. There it is. It's public. It's been in the paper. What's Mr. Whitaker going to do about this? Are we going to have a leak investigation in Mr. Mueller's office? Or is he so much the coward? A leak investigation in Mr. Mueller's office will uncover a whole bunch of leakers, particularly Mr. Weissman. And this will be one of the reasons why the media have been so kind to Mr. Mueller and Mr. Weissman and all the other Democrats that Mr. Mueller employed to go after the president and the people who have been around him or have been even distantly around him. And the second reason, of course, is they want to destroy Trump. Again, look how the media treated Ken Starr. They had cameras at his house. They shoved those cameras right up his nostrils. <coughs> Excuse me. They questioned Ken Starr's objectivity. They questioned whether he was too aggressive. They questioned whether there were any conflicts. Question, question, question. When he would wake up in the morning and leave the house to go to work. There were the media cameras. Have you ever seen that done once to Robert Mueller? Even once? Mr. Weissman is now a controversial figure. Have you ever seen them bring a camera crew to his house? No. Because he leaks to them. He's their guy. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Love it when something that's already amazing gets even better. That's the case with the X chair. The makers have taken what is arguably the most comfortable and supportive office chair, it's certainly mine, in the world and made it even better. X chair is introducing wider seats in the X3 and X4 models. That means extra support for those with wider bases. These chairs are built not for stores to buy, they're built for human beings. For you, the good people at X-Chair are constantly innovating to help improve your working comfort and productivity. And now you can finance the purchase of your X-Chair for as little as $30 a month. Seriously, for less than the cost of a daily cup of coffee, you can make 2019 your most comfortable and productive year ever by getting yourself an X-Chair. X-Chair is on sale now for $100 off. Just go to xchairlevin.com, xchairlevin.com right now, or call 1-844-4X-Chair, 1-844-4X-Chair. X-Chair comes with a 30-day, no-questions-asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. Now that makes it absolutely risk-free. Go to xchair.com, X, excuse me, go to xchairlevin.com, and use code Levin Footrest, and you'll get a free footrest too. So we've got a lot to give you here, particularly the most comfortable chair you've ever sat in. I can, I can vouch for that. So I hope you'll check it out. Xchairlevin.com, xchairlevin.com, code Levin Footrest. Well, Mr. Producer, I have failed, I think, to bring up my phone bank. Hold on, everybody. Let me look. Yeah, darn it. 
Jose in Texas on the Mark Levin app. How are you, sir? An honor, Mark. Thank you. The speech last night was delivered to a just, moral, and patriotic nation. None of the qualities that the left or the mainstream media possess. So you never had a chance to connect with them. That's Uh, a very good point. That speech was made for a just and moral nation. It was made for a virtuous people. And if you're not virtuous, then of course it doesn't ring true. That's your point. That's an excellent point. Yes, sir. I I find it hard, or actually I find it impossible to apply any altruistic motives to the positions that the left and the Democrats hold towards this nation, towards the defense of its borders, and towards its citizens. I think they they are bent on destroying this nation, not, I mean, they, they seem to know or think or feel that there are, are betters and that there are rulers. And we cannot accept that from them because we are individuals. And I think once the individual, and I think that's one of the points where, where the civil rights movement has failed, that they haven't focused on the individual, which is the basis of this nation. At least that's what I gather from the things that I've learned from you, from the things that I feel, and from the things that are documented in our Constitution and our Bill of Rights. And well, I'll I tell you what, you're very, very sharp. Where are you from originally? I immigrated here at the age of eight from Mexico legally. Yeah. And I fell in love. When I was eight, I was surprised and I was in love of the fidelity that people had for the rule of law in this country. And I realized that at eight years old, Mark, Mm -hmm. coming from a foreign place where basically the rule is uh, what the Democrat Party now wants, which is just uh, the law, the rule of law only applies to you when it benefits you. Mm-hmm. And I added that just in, in to my opening because I you, you reminded me from the Kavanaugh hearings. I just, that does sicken me. And um, I just want to say this, Mark. I don't, I don't know if you mean anything to anyone, but I'm, I'm, an, I'm an agnostic leaning mm-hmm. towards an atheist. Mm-hmm. But I know right and I know wrong. Mm-hmm. So that, 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 that is basically all my point. And again, sir, it's an honor to speak with you. And thank you for... Well, listen, it was an honor to listen to you. You make uh, an enormous amount of sense. And I think the points you raise are very, very important. If you're speaking to an audience that is receptive to virtue, then people think that was a great speech. If you're speaking to an audience that is not then they'll be shooting the uh, bows and arrows or shooting at the speaker. I think that was a great point. Jose, thank you for your call. Excellent point. Wasn't that a good point? I don't know why I get the feedback in my ear there a little bit. Or actually both ears. How much time do I have, Rich? All right, 30 seconds. When we come back, we'll continue to take some of your calls, if we may. As we wind down toward the end of the program, I'm very interested in what you think about all these things. And I'll be right back.
says today. What the backbenchers will repeat tomorrow. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. Now, you know what's coming up, right? Well, Valentine's Day, of course. Valentine's Day. And if you're busy like me, it can be difficult to find time to get something special. But I know I can always look good by giving something sweet and special. And Sherry's Berries makes that easy no matter how busy you are. I mean, these strawberries are huge. The chocolate is unbelievable. You just can't go wrong with their signature Valentine's strawberries. Dipped in milk, dark, white, chocolatey goodness with decadent toppings like chocolate chips, heart and glitter sprinkles. I'm telling you, if you've never tried them, unbelievable. The packaging is beautiful. The berries always arrive fresh with 100% Sherry's Berries Guarantee. It's a really wonderful gift to go along with a night on the town or even a romantic, cozy dinner at home. Valentine's Day is right around the corner, so send her the Valentine's gift of her dream at the price of your dreams, starting at just $19.99 plus shipping and handling. Plus order today and make this Valentine's really special by getting double the berries for just $10 more. Go to berries.com, click on the microphone, and enter my code LEVIN. How do you spell LEVIN? You know how to spell LEVIN. You can enter my code LEVIN at checkout. That's berries, B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Click that microphone and enter the code L-E-V-I-N. That's it, LEVIN. Order today. Got to order now. Michael, Delray Beach, Florida, the great WJNO. That's a beautiful part of the country. Go right ahead. Hi, Mark. I was wondering what you felt about um, the president's words regarding tariffs. He, uh, he seems to take a very hard line, a very extreme, I, I thought, very extreme line on tariffs. I think he actually stated that he would reciprocate on any tariff anybody placed on the United States. Well, and let's hope that any place doesn't reciprocate on the tariffs we put in place because we have over 12,000 tariffs on goods that flow into this country. Anybody who's listened to this program for any period of time knows, except for China, where I believe it's a national security issue and they steal our stuff. And I favor tariffs against China and more as a national security matter. I oppose putting in place tariffs against our allies under the claim that we need to be fair and 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 have an equal playing field and so forth. There's so much that our government does that is unfair uh, with respect to trade. I mean, when you're, for instance, trading with third world countries, they don't have all our environmental laws. They don't have all of our labor laws and so forth. The other thing tariffs do is they create economic dislocation. And so you have the government and politicians creating winners and losers. So, for instance, the steel companies are making out right now like they've never before. But the automobile companies are hurting. And you can go, the, the, uh, the soup companies are hurting because of the cost of aluminum for cans. And I can go on and on and on. You only hear about the success stories, not the others. That said, uh, I think the speech was a great speech. I think the tariffs that he's pla- placing on China are a very, very important thing. I'm all for them. But when it comes to these other markets, no, I'm not all for them. I just thought it gets. I just hope it gets just a, a little pushback for that. Not a lot, because it was a great speech. But uh, but I think that has the potential. Well, what do you think about the family leave? Um, what do you think about the federal government? Not even the states. The federal government 
imposing family leave on businesses, businesses that are being clobbered by states with these $15 minimum wages and all kinds of things. You know, when you run a little business or even a medium-sized business, and then you're told, okay, you're going to pay for somebody's leave a certain amount of their salary and benefits for a period of two months or three months, that is a heavy, heavy lift for a small business or even a medium-sized business or a large business that may not be doing so great because of tariffs or uh, may not be doing so great because their products aren't doing so great. Yep. Well, I don't hear you complaining about that. Oh, I, I, think, I, I think the tariff issue is a little, is a, is a little larger. But Well, yeah. we can discuss two issues, too. Right. I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. And well, I don't I, think it is larger. I think they're equally problematic. Because they massively increase the cost of doing business. People try to pass those costs onto the consumer. Some products and services you can. Some products and services you can't. It reduces our competitive edge. The more government gets involved, the worse. Now, if you want to negotiate that kind of a deal with a business, fine. But, you know, you've got unions to negotiate. You've got uh, uh, independent contractors. You can negotiate on your own. But then when you layer on top of that all the state requirements and all the federal requirements and all the local requirements, why the hell will people go in business? You might as well get a government job where you're protected. You're absolutely right. And the president has to hear that. Okay, he hears it from me. He knows what I think. Thank you, my friend. I, one, one of our, among our best friends are two individuals who own a restaurant in Florida. I love these people. And uh, they love the president. They love Trump. They always have. And they work their butts off. One or the other's in the restaurant. Seven, eight in the morning. They get up at 5.30, 6, 6.30. They have to purchase the food. They buy fresh fish that's just been caught in the ocean or, and so forth. And they go to these places to get fresh, fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, because... He's not only a connoisseur, he is a terrific chef, and so is she. And they work five days a week, sometimes six days a week. By the time they're done cleaning up, it's midnight, it's one in the morning. I mean, they put in a long, long day. If you were working in the government or working in some other project, They'd say, oh, that's illegal. You're not allowed to work more than 40 hours. Or you have to get overtime. It doesn't work that way when you're running a restaurant or a small business, a family business. And it's seasonal in Florida. There's a season when a lot of people come down and a season when a lot of people leave. So you got to make it when you can make it. And when you're telling people like this, you know, we're thinking about a $15 minimum wage for your wait staff. Oh, and by the way, you got to pay into an unemployment comp. Workman's comp, Social Security, Medicare. Oh, and by the way, local property taxes, local food taxes. Oh, and by the way, now we're thinking of family leave. You're breaking the back of small business people. Everybody's not Exxon. Everybody's not Apple. And you're discouraging people from being independent. So I have a huge problem with that. And then the infrastructure stuff. Cities and states love it when the federal government pours billions, and in this case, $1.5 trillion 
into their coffers to spend on quote-unquote infrastructure. Now, infrastructure, ladies and gentlemen, ironically, will not include a wall on the southern border. But there's a long list, a long list of things these, these governments want to do, which are not fixing bridges and fixing tunnels. I live in an area, there's not one damn tunnel. They keep building bridges and overpasses. And so these towns and states need to prioritize. If you're running a city and your tunnel's crumbling, then by God, that goes to the top of the list. It's not like they're without money. It's that they can't stop spending. Well, don't worry. It'll be a public-private partnership. No, it won't. What does that mean? I don't even know what that means. A public-private partnership. Of course we don't want bridges to fall down. Of course we don't want to. And then we always know there's a cost over. Look at the idiot. Former governor and current governor in California. With their train system. Billions and billions and billions of dollars. It's already a cost overrun. Look at the tunnel they built in Boston. Billions and billions and billions in overruns. Damn thing still leaks. But I want them to run our health care. I want them to run, to run everything. They're so good at it. I don't get it. Daniel in Sunnyvale, California, the great KSFO. Now, Daniel, before you get started, I have a serious question to ask you. Have they built a monument to me yet in Sunnyvale? You know, I lived in Sunnyvale for a little while. Did you know that? I did, yeah. I lived on a little street called Waxwing, right off Lawrence. Have you ever seen Waxwing? Never been to Waxwing, sorry. Well, it's just a tiny street. It's off of Lawrence. I used to go down there, sneak out, go to uh, uh, Santa Clara where they have Stan's Donuts. You ever been to Stan's Donuts? Ooh, yep. Yep, I have. You told me about them before. Am I right about Stan's Donuts or not? You're 100% right. Now they have a long line on the weekends, don't they? Yeah. Hey, if you ever want me to, just say the words, I'll send you a box. Well, you're very kind, but they'll consider that graph. You know, I'm not a member of Congress. But uh, I do appreciate it. When I went to the Reagan Library last time on my book signing, uh, oh, they sa- oh, you know what? They sent me a box of donuts for my birthday. It was so sweet. Oh, my goodness. And by the way, when this book is done, I only go to a few book signings. I can assure you folks out in California and out in the West, I will be going to the Reagan Library. Any excuse to go to the Reagan Library as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, Daniel, go right ahead. Yeah, Mark, um, it's a pleasure to speak to you again. Um, I just wanted to comment on the speech last night. I thought it was a great speech, and mm-hmm. I thought he sounded very presidential. Um, he hit on some really good points. Um, but I think that the one of the most important parts of last night was not even part of, um, of his spoken word. It was the fact that the American people really got to see who the Democrats really are. They, mm-hmm. they really got to see what they stand for literally what they stand for and what they don't stand for. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was appalling that when he mentioned uh, that he wanted the Congress to pass legislation to ban uh, late-term abortions, that they didn't stand up. Um, I thought it was appalling that when he made one of my favorite... By the way, when he about, hit socialism, three-fourths of them didn't stand up. Yeah, that, that was that was even uh, even more appalling. But you're right, when uh, he hit... Uh, when he hit Post-birth infanticide, 
They didn't stand up. It's amazing. I believe it. My daughter was born four weeks early, and I'm telling you, she had ten toes, um, ten, ten fingers. She was mm-hmm. breathing. She looked at me, and she would smile. She was a human being, and mm-hmm. I cannot believe these people and the faces that they made when he mentioned that. It's just, it's just You amazing. really have to be heartless, don't you? Yeah, and I, and I think and that, that was a really important part of last night is that the American people got to see what they were like. Mm-hmm. Me too. And by the way, I don't see the president that often. I've probably seen him five, six times in my entire life, maybe less than that. And I want everybody to know he's as smart as can be. He's got enormous charisma. He knows what's going on. He knows who his adversaries are. He's fighting very, very hard. You can agree with him or disagree with him here or there, but he really does have the country's interests at heart. He's not interested in fundamentally transforming this, that, or the other. He wants to protect America. He wants to protect American society from foes, foreign and domestic. He really is a patriot. All right, Daniel. Thanks for your call, my friend. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Did you know that you can form a new habit in as little as 18 days? That's how long it took some of you to get hooked on coffee. But if I tried to get you hooked on fruits and vegetables, I suspect it might take a little longer. So Brickhouse Nutrition is here to help us all. And Brickhouse Nutrition devised a master plan to get you hooked on a healthier lifestyle. Keep your field of greens next to your coffee maker, and in less time than it takes to make your coffee... You can get an entire serving of fruits and vegetables with time left to spare. Just take one scoop, put it in a cup of water, stir, and you're done. Field of Greens is real, USDA, organic fruits and vegetables, complete with antioxidants, boosts immunity, has antioxidant powder, and prebiotic and probiotic. It is really healthy. Unlike other habits, this one will power you with clean, real energy. That fuels a healthier and happier lifestyle. Here's what I want you to do. I really want you to try this. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com. And by the way, by the way, it includes organic strawberry, raspberry, blueberry, cranberry, pomegranate. It's really good. Helps boost your metabolism with organic ginger and green tea. This is the deal. I'm telling you. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com. Take advantage of a limited-time offer. Here it is. 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That name, LEVIN, gets you a lot. That's BrickHouseLevin.com, promo code LEVIN. A double LEVIN. BrickHouseLevin.com, promo code LEVIN. Will you do yourself a favor? Try it. Or give it to your husband or wife or somebody who's close to you? Because you'll help them a lot. That's BrickHouseLevin.com, promo code LEVIN. Remember, it includes organic strawberry and raspberry, blueberry, cranberry, pomegranate, and that's for uh, antioxidant strength. It's all organic. It's all natural, not this fake stuff. By the way, I also want to remind you of something else. All of you listening, all you Levinites out there, first of all, I want you to know how much I appreciate each and every one of you. 
I will not be here tomorrow and I will not be here Friday. And I'm not going on any vacation. I'm doing what I need to do. Families first. It's been a tough few months for the family, but families first. And I want to thank you. But here's something I want you to do. We've made it very easy for you to download the Mark Levin Show podcast. And you might say, well, what do I need that for? I'm listening to you on radio. I'm listening to you on satellite. I'm listening to you with my my aluminum hat. Listen, if you don't listen to the podcast, it's a great backup system. If you miss part of the show or you're on the road and you're in an area where you can't get it, very few, but still, or for preempted for some reason, here's what I want you to do. We've made it easy for you to download the Mark Levin Show podcast on all your favorite platforms. You can use iTunes. You can use Google Music. You can use any other podcast reader. There are a bunch of them out there. But let's say you're listening to me and your eyes are rolling. I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. Go to the page, my page, marklevinshow.com. That is our main website, marklevinshow.com. Then in the upper right corner of the page, the search area, type in the word podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T. That's it. Everything you need to know, and you'll be able to download the Mark Levin Show app. You hear people calling who are listening on the Mark Levin Show app. Because they they play the show on their iPhone, on their Android, wherever they want. These handheld devices, we need to maximize our use to spread the word. So you can download the Mark Levin Show app, and it'll be there forever, unless you, of course, remove it, to listen to the show anytime you want, to listen to an old show anytime you want, or if you miss part of my show through preemption, or maybe you're just busy, that's where you can go. Okay, I hope you'll do it. We want all of you, all of you listening to sign up. I think you'll really appreciate it one day. Don, Janesville, Wisconsin, XM Satellite, go. Hey, Mark, it's good to talk to you. I just uh, wanted to let you know I just came back from a week in Cuba, and um, I think all these folks that uh, espouse socialism and Marxism really should, uh, they should, they should really take themselves a trip to Cuba and spend some time there and check it out. because I, I don't think they should spend some time there. I think they should move there. Don, I got to go. I apologize. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, all law enforcement out there. And I salute each and one of you, one of you great patriots in this country. I'm very blessed to, to have you with me. And I'll see you next week.